Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So hey everybody, welcome to episode 227 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. We're recording the day after uh, Christmas holiday, Festivus holiday, you know, Kwan- I think Kwanzaa is on the 26th, actually, now I think about it. I think that's true. Yeah, so this may be happy Kwanzaa to the folks out there, and otherwise it's happy Festivus to the rest of us, um, <laughs> which is uh, kind of interesting since we're Apple people. Um, yeah, so we have a couple of fact checks last week. I wasn't on the show, so um, it was funny because... While I was listening, while I was doing the first pass edit, I was uh, live tweeting, if you want to call it, or live slacking with the guys about the things that I was hearing on the episode. Um, you guys were talking about the Canadian CIA, which up here is called CSIS, um, and uh, that's the Canadian Intelligence Service up here, and um, they're sort of the same role as as the CIA in Canada. And I guess our our equivalent of the FBI up here would be the RCMP, and you've probably heard of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police before. Um, I have. They're and the guys who wear the red coats and ride moose around, right? Yeah, they ride. The yeah, so Dudley Do Right, remember Dudley Do Right from Bullwinkle and Rocky? Yeah, yeah. so Dudley Do Right was it was a, a Mountie. He always gets his man. Um, yeah, and it, it, well, the thing about it is, is like, so in the major cities, we each city has like Toronto has its own metropolitan police force, and you know each each city would have one. But as you move out into uh, like this, the province, the, the Ontario Provincial Police uh, is is our provincial police that are outside the cities, and then in some parts of Canada, they don't even have provincial police, so the RCMP are the like the police, you know, kind of thing, right? Um, and I don't know if you remember, you know, when um, the Sergeant Pepper Lonely House called Band, which we've talked about a number of times, there's an, the, you know, the album where the Beatles are in the inside gatefold, the, the Beatles are all sitting facing the, the listener. Yep. You know that famous shot, Mark? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the patch on, on uh, Paul McCartney's um, uh, arm, it's an OPP patch from the Ontario Provincial Police. Mm. Long world, eh? There you go. Um, another fact check is you guys were talking, or at least uh, a friend of the show, 
yeah, so last week you guys were responding to Adam Armstrong's tweet about uh, conversation on Twitter about hockey. He was saying that, you know, and I guess Jaime was just reading off the page, but it, he said uh, three versus three and four versus four and in NHL overtime, which is three versus three. But we actually say three on three, not, not three versus three. And it's actually three forwards or three players and a goaltender. But um, uh, there are entire leagues where people play just three on three hockey up here in Canada as well. Probably in the States too. Mm-hmm. Um, we said around- three on three too. I'm not sure where Jaime got three versus three. Well, it was written on the on the notes, uh, on the tweet, three versus three, but mm-hmm. three V three. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, at 23 minutes, we were talking about uh, the um, fact that somebody had built some 3D heads and were able to defeat Android Face ID or face recognition software. Right, right. Um, and I remembered this from the uh, from the show, but because Apple ha- Apple also looks at the does a scan of the retina when you're or the eyeball when you're looking at uh, your phone, because there's a feature in there called require attention for Face ID, where you have to look at the phone. You can't just wave it in front of your face and have it wake up. You have to actually look at it with your eyeballs to. Do that. I think that's part of the reason why, and they may have done that as an extra security step as well too. But you can disable uh, require for attention in accessibility settings because obviously you know if you're visually impaired that's not going to work for you. But um, I don't recommend you do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, I think that the, the Apple one of one of the secrets to Apple's thing is is I think they also look at things like maybe whether you're. I've seen that uh, Philips had a tool where you could actually measure your heartbeat by by looking at the camera, the forward facing camera, and I think it would look at the change of of uh, color in your face to get your blood your your um, heart rate. Hmm. So yeah, so I think that's maybe part of the mojo that Apple uses to 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 identify uh, what you're doing. And at 47 minutes, you guys were talking about Git commit and that Git and the uh, that uh, commit um, spell checker, but you were talking about Git commits and how sometimes you make a mistake in your Git, Git committing or comments. Um, and there's a command called git commit with uh, the option uh, amend. So it's git commit dash dash amend. And you can change the last commit statement that you made. So if you do that again, Mark, you can just go in and use that yes, command to change the message. You can do that, but be aware that that can be pretty dangerous uh, if you've pushed after you've Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and once you push it, you're done. It, then, yeah, then if you if you amend it, then you then all hell breaks loose. No, that's what I'm saying. But you, you have like, you have a few. Oh, you're saying you, yeah, have you ever used the amend function? option before? I have, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. So you yeah. knew about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just be careful. All right. Okay. Um, we have a couple of uh, Ask MTJCs here as well. So we have from Paul Wilkinson again from the show. Um, he said that Apple did, in fact, use ad promo codes for in-app purchases back in October of 2016, Mark. Yeah, I guess I guess I missed that or, or maybe knew at the time and forgot because... Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So you can, if you're doing reviews with somebody, you can gift them uh, in-app purchases or or promos for those anyway. Because um, we, we were talking about like being able to gift uh, in-app purchases to to friends and family. And and I had complained about that in the past because uh, like I have, you know, grandchildren who, grandsons who were constantly on their phones and iPads and things. And I couldn't give them, um, in the past, I couldn't give them um, in-app purchase uh, codes or right. gifts, right? Yeah. So. And, and, and I remember back when I was doing indie stuff, we would routinely give out the, so we had, we were selling, you know, we were, we were, had apps for, for pay not free apps so we would give out promo codes to the press and whatnot yeah, of course, uh, yeah but you couldn't at the time you couldn't give out in-app purchase so it was always kind of a crippled app that you'd have to give out if unless they went and bought the in-app purchase which was always kind of a pain so i'm glad apple uh fixed that yeah for uh, sure yeah so on a side note there's also i don't know if you've heard of token there's a website called token where web service called token where you can if you suppose you got like 25 you, you know you because you check out from apple a number of uh, promo codes if you wanted to do like a, a, a share them with people on Twitter, like to get beta 
testers or something like that. Mm-hmm. You could also um, not beta testers because that's not that's like a test flight thing. But you can uh, you could and you probably still can put post like you know twenty promo codes on the token site and then people can just go and download them and right as as they see. So because there's yeah. a one it's a one to one thing, right? So yeah, a lot of this is is less relevant now that there is test flight because now you can just whoever you want you can just add them to the you, know, you can make them a one time test flight beta tester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's not as critical to use promo codes as it used to be. Things yeah, like and people used to abuse the whole um, developer devices as well by distributing to their family, friends and family, you know, through the Apple, their Apple developer account, which you're not supposed to do if you read the, if you actually read the, uh, the terms and conditions before you hit just mm-hmm. OK or the whatever button, as I like to call it, um, you'd probably find that you can't, you're not supposed to do that. But I had heard of people doing that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, yeah, just uh, following up on um, one more thing I posted here as I was live tweeting or live slacking uh, that uh, a picture of myself and uh, three other friends of the show, I think friends of the show, Renee from uh, the Ray Wonderlick team, uh, Janie um, ten kettles, Alex from uh, from our local taco group. It was, a, it was a picture of us with the with the Stanley Cup, and there are five rings on the bottom of the uh, the lower half of the of the cup. And the reason, yeah, again, the reason they do that is if they if they left the rings on, they would grow. And I think they do store the rings at the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, but I have I have to confirm that. Hmm. So, yeah, so there's a picture. So of where us. was this picture from? Was that from Ennis North or something? Yeah, Ennis North 2016 was just around the corner from the Hockey Hall of Fame, hmm. and um, so our sort of you know trip to as a sort of uh, uh, like a night of fun was was everybody went over to the hockey hall of fame and and wandered mm-hmm. around looked at the stuff and you know you can practice being a goaltender and uh, shooting it you know doing the, the the shootout stuff that they do there so i see yeah all these is like virtual virtual reality stuff like it's a virtual goaltender and mm-hmm. he reacts to where you shoot the puck and stuff so kind of cool stuff cool so uh i just saw this one just quickly before we we started recording today apparently today's the best day for apple stock in a long while best single day performance in five years as the entire market re- Bounds. I don't know why, if that's a, like a knee-jerk reaction that was just posted today, but Apple's up seven uh, well, percent. Which kind of a silver lining because we had the day on Monday, uh, day before Christmas, was the worst day the market has had in since since the 1930s. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was a complete mess, uh, and you know, lots lots of reasons for it. But uh, you know, partly the um, commerce secretary do, making kind of a blunder in in oh, really? trying, <laughs> trying to reassure the markets, making things worse. Oh, just, and just general mayhem in the in the. Um, uh, financial governance of the country right now. Uh, yeah, so it was a pretty bad day for the market, and Apple in particular went down. Apple's been going down a lot, but they they went down a lot on on Monday. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So today was kind of a rebound day. Cool. All right. Yeah, and I think the stock markets here in Canada are probably closed anyway. So we, you know, they're probably in the states too, right? No, they were open today. But they are, are they closed on Christmas Day, kind of thing, or yeah, yeah, closed on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. So Monday was kind of a half day. I think it was a, it was a short day, and then they were closed on Christmas Day and open today. That's how they had the rebound today. And that's good news. Um, back to the thing. So, um, this this came out today on on the Twitter, and people are reacting to it. Mm. Um, but uh, this um site called Levels dot FYI mm-hmm. has posted a series of um uh, pays for actually this is compensation. It's says here for um, various levels of, of uh, developers I think in mostly in the in the valley um, yep. you know entry level you know one years or mid-level three years and up and then uh, five years or more for like a senior senior staff or whatever um, the kind of rates that the people are getting paid out there but mind you that's again this compensation which also which isn't just base salary right that's also the, yeah this is definitely not base salary this is this is uh, there's a lot of stock compensation here which is why certain companies yeah. like the ones listed are, are 
are really high because these are ones that have pretty high flying stock. Um, right, that grow quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Although Lyft, kind of surprised by Lyft because I don't think they're public yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's also, I mean, yeah, I, I believe the numbers for sure. I'm, I'm a little surprised by the entry level numbers, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think I think they're probably including uh, potential returns on equity there, not actual returns in for oh, right, some yeah. of the entry level stuff. But for sure, I believe it for the higher level ones at those companies, without a doubt. Really? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. It's crazy money, man. But yeah, well, you know, and and uh, it, if the market continues the way it's been going, it won't be like that next year. <laughs> you mean like if it continues to tank, it'll... The yeah, because I mean, when there's a lot of equity compensation, you, you get a certain number of shares, say, vesting every month or so that you can cash out. And if the stock is at $250 as opposed to being at $150, that's a big difference in how much you actually get to take home. Right, I see. So, are, but are people getting stock that that they can that vests in, in in a couple of months, really, or they're like no, they no, have to hold it for no, a year no. or two? Well, typically, the way it works is you get a grant when you when you join, you get a grant that the whole grant will will vest over four years. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, and and there's typically a one year cliff, which means that uh, you can't vest your first shares for a year, and then after a year, a quarter of your shares vest, and then after that, the vesting rates vary from company to company, but a lot of companies have a monthly vesting. So you get one forty eighth of your original grant vests every month. Oh, I see. Okay. Four years. And most companies will give you what they call an evergreen, which means every year uh, you get an, another set of shares that's you know roughly comparable to a year's worth of, of vesting of your oh, original grant, hmm. roughly. So this potentially, like, I, I guess so if you were looking at this first year thing, it would mean that this developer would have to stay or this, this person, engineer, product manager, whatever, would have to stay in that position for more than a year to get to, well, to see that. Yeah. So, so the reason I'm a little bit surprised by the entry level stuff is that, yeah, that first year you don't have anything. So if you're entry level, right. then for, for the first year, you just have your salary, which is going to be quite a bit lower than the numbers that they're giving there. Uh, so I don't know how they're counting that compensation within for an entry level person, uh, how, how they're including the equity there. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're adding up the numbers there, but it's been a while since I have an entry level. So I'm not exactly sure how it works. Right, right. Yeah. Well, they had another, and there's another link that I posted as well to talk about, and that's, we've we've looked at these guys before. This is um, hired, um, Mm-hmm. com. They have that. They last year they posted the sort of uh, rates around the country in 2017. Um, like if you scroll down the first sort of charts that they have there, mm-hmm. um, show you know what the composition are like in Toronto. They're saying 73 to 90, 73,000 US yep. uh, versus you know 108 in, in uh, San Diego or 142 in in yeah. San Francisco, right? Sort of yeah. thing. And then so so those completely make sense to me for base salary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. So again, um, that doesn't include the, the stock or, or bonus. Right. And it, and it would depend on like, the forms. Like I, I know an Apple, getting an Apple stock, you know, would be, or a Google stock, which which tend to grow quite a bit, right? Uh, it's interesting if you scroll down that the, the um, there's another one there, another chart that which I find more interesting, which is the average tech salary um, adjusted for uh, for San Francisco yeah. cost of living. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Right. You know, San Francisco, we uh, the Bay Area here, we get, we get higher absolute numbers generally than other places, but, you know, the cost of living is so ridiculously high here. That right, yeah, doesn't yeah. necessarily you know go as far. That's for sure. So according to this, you know, uh, Jaime up in Seattle is, is probably doing better <laughs> potentially because uh, one, two, three, four 
cities are Seattle, Austin, and Denver based on the cost of living. Um, Toronto's not so bad. I mean, you know, considering, yeah. you know, you know, well, considering all the yeah. benefits we get too, right? Yeah. But what the chart is saying though, is that if you, if you make 142K in the Bay Area to have an equivalent standard of living, uh, you would have to, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So if you make 142K, that, that's equivalent of, of making 182K in Seattle. It doesn't mean people are making 182K. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But if you want to compare where, where you are in the scale of things compared to that, right? So. Right. But if you, you know, if you, and I'm just pulling numbers out of the air here, if you're making 100K in Seattle, uh, you're you're probably living comparably to someone making 142K in, in San Francisco. Right. That's right. what those numbers mean. So you don't have to make as much. Yeah. There's also, uh, Greg and I were talking about this the other day. Um, we had our annual Christmas lunch together and... Um, uh, I was talking about the soft costs, like, you know, the, the, the fact of the particular place I work at right now compared to other places I could work in, in the city, you know, there are benefits, there are things that I like about, you know, my commute, the, mm-hmm. my, my, uh, the brand loyalty that I have for this particular uh, branch that I work at. Um, you know, and a number of other factors, you know, like, like, you know, the, the way I'm you know treated by the company and the amount of hours I have to work, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, those are a lot, a lot of factors you have to take into consideration. Like for me to move to the United States, you know, uh, would be disruptive to my family life because my wife wouldn't want to move, you know, sort of sure. thing. Right. So we'd have to have two houses and, you know, um, I'd have to commute back and forth on holidays and things like that. So if I was a young single guy, it would be a different story than being married or even, you know, married with grandchildren. Right. Or even children. Right. So all of those things have to be weighed into the into the decision about you know uh, whether you are personally going to move down or you have to move your whole family down or you're going to have to do the commute thing or whatever, right? So um, interestingly enough, too, just as another sidebar, I was reading today that a lot of um, a lot of jobs are moving towards uh, sort of working remote or working from home kind of uh, logic. That may be something that we see a lot more in the in the upcoming years is more and more opportunities for people to uh, work remotely or like I may work from home. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's so. a, that's a pretty typical thing in the Bay Area. There's a lot of working from home in the barrier a lot of time. yeah, mm. yeah a, a lot of it is because the traffic here is so insanely bad as you've heard me mention right a few yeah times. yeah sure yeah yeah so even if you if you have an hour commute each way you know you can even yeah. if you even if you only work if you save two hours commuting every day you can work an extra hour and and still be ahead right by by working at home yeah there's more information on this on this hard page it's kind of interesting too um you know about uh pays by race or pays by age as well like you know uh younger people what kind of salaries they're they're getting and asking for um there's one there's one uh page uh, a pay by age you know like whether you're 20 to 24 or whether you're you know 34 or 55 to 59 or 60 plus you know mm-hmm. um they're pretty close you know once you get past 30 or, or so but right. uh they, they do vary in terms of age as well right mm-hmm. so lots of different things about uh, how people are paid interesting there's nothing here about women versus men you know it's just kind of an interesting number that would be interesting to look at mm-hmm. you know so, but also you can see the there's a, a sliding scale here in the middle where it shows the salary changes in each market over the last three years or so. Where was that one? I don't see that. Um, year over year salary change, sort of in the middle. Just after the average, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going up, you know, in most cases. But uh, even they even got UK and near London, England, and Paris, and so and so forth. So interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. We will have to see where where salaries go this this upcoming year. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see it see them level off or even decrease, given that I I think we're headed for a recession personally. Yeah, but so the recession when you say that, like, will that depress salaries as well or opportunities or? Sure. Yeah. 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 Be, it, it means that companies won't be hiring as much there won't be as okay. much jobs uh there'll be layoffs and uh you know with that salaries always go down right oh, okay that's 
what I cool. expect. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the things we talked about last week was um, uh, the potential of, of we have a uh, on, on our other podcast, Spotcast, we do a thing called the Spockies where we sort of pick the uh, our best sort of choices for the year. So we decided to have the Justies this year on More Than Just Code. <laughs> um, and so we it's just like we just listed, huh? Is this like the Dundies? The Dundies, yeah, or or the Darwin Award, I guess. Um, so I've just listed off a bunch of things that we covered here in the year, and we'll just go through them real quick, and then and then we'll sort of sum up what we were thinking. Well, Tammy was going to join us on the show. I think she may have gotten chased down by a turkey, or who knows what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she hasn't shown up. But she did give us her pick, so we'll we'll, we'll sort of discuss her things for her. Um, but yeah, so um, back in January 28, 2018, we, you know, it was the twenty fifth anniversary of PCALC, which was an interesting uh, set of talks um, I posted about uh, what James Thompson was talking about um, how he how he developed PCALC and the fact that it was the twenty fifth anniversary. Um, our friends at Buddy Build got acquired by Apple back then. Um, the HomePod was was coming. It was an, it was it was available for order in early in January. January, right? So, of course, we were talking. You were talking about the Corsair machine learning course yeah. uh, as one of your picks. Um, and moving on, we had uh, I had the green line effect, on OLED effect on my uh, defect on my right. my phone ten, which had to get replaced. So, Jaime got his uh, HomePod. So we talked about the HomePod back in back in February. Mm-hmm. I just picked one of those up, by the way. Yeah. So, what do you think about it? I like it so far. I've only had a couple of days, but uh, but I like it. So, do you have a, do you have a um, Apple Music subscription? I don't. Have have Apple Music actually yet? So I mean, I have tons of music on my on yeah. my computer. So I just use AirPlay essentially to 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 uh, send it over to the to the home. So how do you, so can that's one of my, one of my questions. I looked at the HomePod a little while ago, but, but I figured since I didn't have um, Apple Music, in fact, I may get Apple Music soon because I have an Audible um, subscription which I'm not really using. So I'm like, I you know that that's more or less the same amount of money as as an Apple uh, Apple Music account. So I might cancel one and get the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So is it is it functional without having, like, I mean, do you have to send it from the phone specifically or? No, I send it from my Mac. Uh, in oh, okay. iTunes, there's there's a, just a little pull down uh, yeah. right next to where it has the sort of the title bar at the top uh, where it tells, mm-hmm. it tells you what the song is, where you can select, you know, to play through your computer or through your op TV or, right. or, or through your HomePod. So I just use that. So can you say to HomePod, you know, play this particular track from? no. No, you can't. So it, 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 the, uh, the Siri uh, stuff doesn't work with your own local library. That only works with Apple Music. But regular right. Siri on the on the HomePod, uh, and you can still tell it to change the volume or pause or whatever using Siri. You can ask it like what the weather is, and you can ask it. Yeah, that kind yeah. Of stuff? Everything you can use Siri on the phone. I, I believe you can do it on the HomePod. So you could ask it the score in the hockey game or baseball game or whatever. Well, let's let's check. Hey Siri, <laughs> what's the score of the football game tonight? Yeah college football games today. Unfortunately, it looks like Boston College Boise State game was canceled. So to crash Georgia Tech by a score of 34 to 10 today. In California and DCU are tied with 70 with less than a minute remaining in the third quarter. There you go. She's pretty chatty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 We'll have to have some more follow up from you on that. Um, mm-hmm. As well, in February was the it was the anniversary of the iPhone OS SDK, um, which led to a lot of conversations with us about our uh, our choices of uh, life, as as it were. Um, I think you. I'm not sure. February was that when you guys were able to talk about the Skydio R1 because that was yeah. Our picks. We finally released the Skydio R1 back in February. Right. Uh, okay. Cool. That I had been working on for a while before then, but couldn't really talk about it. So that it's been 
out, like I said, since February, we came out with the Apple Watch version in, was it uh, August? September, September, September sometime. Yeah. Yeah. We talked, it was one of our picks, I think, that back then too. Yeah. Um, Astropad Studio came out, which is a sort of a more advanced version of the Astropad uh, app for, uh, and that's a one year subscription, I believe, for, um, for Astropad Studio. Um, Charles Proxy for iOS was announced. We'll come back to that one in a few minutes. Um, let's see. We had a lot of deep fake stuff back in, in March. We were talking about deep fake and modifying things. And I think later in the summer, we saw um, a deep fake of, uh, of Barack Obama being published around, right? Um, also, in, in March, Apple announced a new iPad 9.7 and the Logitech Crayon, which is a so the entry level iPad would now supports not the pencil, but the, the Logitech Crayon. Or was it pencil and crayon? No, it's just a crayon. And that's the only device that works with, too, as well. Um, I was excited that the Minimoog Model D for iOS also came out in, mm-hmm. in uh, March. Mm-hmm. In April, we had Swift for TensorFlow. Um, IBM Watson and Core ML were sort of pe- t- teamed up, and Jaime did a bunch of talks based on uh, using IBM Watson, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Right, so he did a talk on that in the summer. Uh, Apple started its Give Back program, and another thing that we've been following for a number of years was, was the Apple Watch boutique stores that were around the, the world, basically. Uh, they closed the last one back in April, uh, or we're talking about it back in April. Um, also in April, my, I published my article on uh, how to keep learning after 50 and other ways to hack your brain, which is more more about less about being older and learning new things, but more about the science of neuroplasticity and how you could use that to modify your how you learn things. And I've I've been using the principles um, that I learned about uh, doing that, and uh, yeah, so so I've been able to uh, find ways to, to understanding how the brain works. I guess more or less um, helps me has helped me sort of learn new things. I've learned new songs, I've learned new coding practices, and different kind of things using the techniques. And and uh, you know because you know you have short term memory, which is there are chemical bonds that are burnt, chemical neurons that are created. And then if you practice something a little bit at a time every every couple of days or so, you start to build uh, structural memories. And then if you do things repeatedly for a long period of time, you end up with behavioral uh, memories, which is why if you learn how to play guitar, you know, you might learn a song one day and, and then you'll forget how to play it three days later. But, you know, you're a rock star the first day you learned it. And then, but if you keep practicing that that riff or that little segment of the, of the song over a while, you'll start to become a create a structural memory for it. And if you play for that thing for, you know, six months to a year or whatever, or even longer, you, you, it just becomes second nature to you. It's like driving a car, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, after a while, you, you're just able to drive down the road without really thinking about all the sort of nuances of driving. That's because you've created behavioral memory for yourself to work with, right? So, and you can use that same kind of thing to learn new new coding technologies and languages and stuff like that as well. But now, you know, understanding how that works makes it easier to, to build these memories yourself. This is why I called it Hacking Your Brain. Um, Tammy's book, uh, Xcode Treasures, or sorry, the, the book that Tammy edited called Xcode Treasures uh, came out also in April, I believe, or it was in beta in April, I think. Um, it's out now out as a, as a full-blown book. May saw the 20th anniversary of the iMac, which was interesting. Mm. We also had the first Uber death, uh, Uber self-driving car uh, killed a pedestrian. I forgot the details behind that, right? So we started talking about GDPR back in May as well, which is the, the new European law where you cannot, you know, you have to be able to erase a client, a user's data if they, at their request. Um, May was also the an- 10th anniversary of the uh, Apple Store itself, the actual Apple Store, physical retail store. Uh, Tammy picked Visual Code Studio back in then as well. Uh, we talked about Susan Kerr back in June about the creation of the command key icon and you know giving.
giving them, giving us, putting a smile on the Mac's face. Um, we were guessing about the iPad coming with face recognition because we saw some leaked images of the iPads without home buttons, right? And that was your first trip to WWDC in 2018, Mark. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what did you, you think about that? I was in your hometown of San Jose as well. It was. Yeah, it wasn't too far away. Uh, it was It was a good experience. It was fun. Um, there, you know, there wasn't as much new and exciting this year as in some past years, but it was still good to go. I mean, they didn't, didn't announce a new technology like iPhone and they didn't talk about like new things like Swift and stuff? They did not. <laughs> well, they did introduce Create ML, which is one of my favorite things and probably yeah. my favorite thing that Apple came up with this year. Cool. We'll come back to that. Um, so in July, they refreshed the MacBook lineup with the new, for the MacBook Pros, that is. Um, the App Store itself turned 10 in June, in July, or we're at June, July, because I guess that was when they announced the, uh, the SDK was going to come out. Uh, and that with that, or sorry, yeah, yeah, the App Store where, where uh, back in 20, or yeah, was it 2008 was when the uh, App Store opened for people to be able to publish apps, right? And Adobe announced Photoshop coming to the iPad, which is kind of an important thing. The Memoji was born, which is probably my least favorite thing for 2018. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, really, I mean, it's cute and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, we don't all need to look the same, is my point. Um, also in July, or yeah, around July, I discovered Beyond Meat, Beyond Meat and Beyond Meat Burgers, which came to AW, which was kind of cool. And Affinity Designer for iOS also came out from the folks over at uh, Affinity. Uh, August saw the new iPad Pros uh, announced, or, or were talked about. I guess they didn't, they didn't come out until much later. Um, and that's when I started listening to the ongoing history of new music podcasts as well, which is Alan Cross's, uh, used to be a radio show, but now he's publishing it as a, as a podcast. And we also saw, in September, we saw the Apple Watch Series 4 came out, the iPhone XS, the iPhone XS Max, and the iPhone XR, although the, the last one wasn't available for a month or so after that. Um, October saw the Luna Display come out, which is a uh, plug-in for a Thunderbolt or, uh, or USB-C or Thunderbolt 3 port where you can use your uh, iPad as a, as a monitor using this uh, wireless device, like using the Apple wireless technology. So and we also saw the new uh, 2018 MacBook Air came out, very similar in, in footprint to the MacBook Pro 13, but uh, new features and a new retina display and Touch ID, right? But Touch ID, but no touch bar, right? Yeah, the new MacBook Air doesn't have a touch bar. That's true. Right, yeah. So that's why I'm buying a, a MacBook Pro 13 in the next couple of months. Um, because of the touch bar? Because, well, primarily, no, primarily because you can't put an i7 processor in the MacBook Air anymore. They don't have an option for that. And you can't get anything. I think you can get a one terabyte drive. No, can you? I can't remember. But there, yeah, there's a couple of reasons why I wanted to decide to go with uh, with the MacBook Pro 13. It's the same physical size. Like when the lid's closed, it's the same size as, as uh, MacBook Pro 13. So I don't see any difference other than maybe it's a little thinner, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, wait, wait, yeah, so. Sorry, does the MacBook Pro 13 have a touch bar? I don't think it does. It does. Yeah, it, it does. does. Yeah. Okay, okay. There's a full touch. Well, you can get it without a touch bar. You can get it with just function keys if, you, if you're an escape key fanatic. Yeah, yeah. Or you can also get it with uh, touch bar and touch ID. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with the latter. And and I'll, you know, put 16 gigs of RAM and one terabyte hard drive and so on and so forth. Right. Um, yeah, so they also announced the new um, uh, iPad Pro, uh, 2018 iPad Pro with uh, 11-inch and 12.9-inch uh, and uh, the new second-generation iPad pen- or Apple Pencil. iPad Pencil. <laughs> Apple Pencil. I don't think I'll have the iPad pencil. I don't know. Um, so that's kind of cool. I'll probably get one of those some, somewhere down the road. I haven't figured out when, though. Yeah, I will, probably will, too, although I'm a little disappointed by the latest Bendgate. Bendgate, yeah. Last time. Well, I don't know if it's reassuring you from Mark, but uh, I asked I wasn't at work this week, but the person who's got my iPad Pro at work, because um, we asked last week if anybody had one, but I was you know, yelling at my phone saying, yeah, I got one. But um, uh, I had him look at down the length of my iPad that's at the office, and it's not bent. So I don't 
know if it's a common thing or how, how prevalent it is, but yeah, mine is not bent. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Well, I guess if you the, the problem is though that it's since it's a manufacturing issue, yeah. not a defect according to Apple, but it's an issue. You don't know until you get it whether the one you ordered is going to have it. Yeah. Or even if you pick one up in the store, right? So, right. Still and, sealed inside a box. You won't know until you open it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wonder if they'll even, like if you opened it in the store and said, well, this one's bent, go get me another one. If they would, I don't think they would honor I, that. Right? I wonder. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they would. Well, I don't, I don't know if they would actually. I don't know. It depends on the store, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. And whether they know about the issue or not. Right. Right. You know, they may have got a memo from Apple. I'm sure they've got an Apple from a memo from Apple. They were pretty good about that kind of stuff when I was around them. Yeah. Um, so number, November, 2018, we saw Apple's uh, stock price drop. But I think we talked about that in the past before and a little bit on the show, I think as well, that um, generally the markets all over have been, uh, have been uh, depressed, but also yep. I think Apple's taken a bit of beatings from the Qualcomm and the, the, uh, the China um, tariffs, which aren't helping. Yeah. Also the, the decision to not report iPhone numbers right, as right. part of the earnings. Right. That was a big part of it, which, right. which tells analysts whether it's true or not, it, it, analysts think it means that the iPhone numbers are going down. Right. Whether that's true or not, we don't know because they're not going to tell us anymore. But but it certainly gives that impression that that's mm-hmm. why else would they not report them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we also had, we saw a couple of things. Uh, I think, I'm not sure if there's was Greg that brought up this one about teach yourself computer science course. Um, I got excited by Minimac. I that one. No? I might not. Um, there was one episode I wasn't here and that might have been that one. One? <laughs> okay. Well, at least one. At least one. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then um, you put, you brought up the one about the deep deep learning specialization course that came up as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then uh, December saw uh, Amazon started its own machine learning university as well. Like, I guess everybody's getting into machine learning. Yeah. And we started to see reports of poor iPhone 10R uh, adoption figures and sales and so forth. Right. Even though I, I was an Apple senior executive who said that the iPhone 10R is selling better than expected. So yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we won't know for sure because they're not going to tell us the actual numbers, but we'll right. see. We'll see what Apple's uh, overall earnings are in January right. this quarter and see uh, see how things are going. Right. And then we've got, um, so we have our, our, our sort of, I asked the, the, the folks on the podcast to pick uh, pick and choose their best uh, things. Uh, Tammy picked uh, AR Kit for, by Tutorials, which I guess this is a book that uh, she worked on with uh, some folks at Ray Winterlick about uh, using AR Kit on, uh, that came out this year. Uh, another pick for her was Affinity Designer for iPad, yep. um, which is, you know, it's cool. I've got that app as well, and it's, it's a pretty neat uh, tool. It's sort of a Illustrator clone. I think they had Affinity Photo for iPad came out the year before, which is a great program. Um, I haven't really got dug into it too deep. Um, but she also is a big fan of Clip Studio uh, Paint for iPad, which is a, um, a tool she uses for doing animations. Uh, she's a big fan of that kind of tool. It used to be called Manga Studio, I think, before. Mm. But uh, she's into the animation and the manga and stuff. And uh, Mark, what did you have for your pick? So I, I think, as I just mentioned, I think Create ML is one of my favorite things that Apple came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? And for those people new on the show who've never listened to the episode before, what is Create ML, Mark? Oh, Create ML is, it actually, it, it came from an acquisition that Apple made a couple of years ago called oh, really? Tori. Yeah, Tori was a little startup up in Seattle, I think, that made a bunch of tools for training machine learning models. Uh, and they had a product called Turi Create that Apple took pieces of uh, and made into something called Create ML, which works well with, works really seamlessly with, with Core ML. So you can actually train machine learning models very easily on your Mac. Uh, it is, for example, if you want to make an image classifier model, which basically you have a bunch of images in different categories, 
categories and you want to create a model that can, a machine learning model that can take a, a different image and figure out you know, what it is based on, on, on the model that you trained. Uh, with CreateML, you can do all, you can do all this in a Swift playground. Basically in three lines of code, it pops up a little GUI. You drag and drop all your training images into the GUI, let it crunch for a while. And then when it's done, you got a model and it can, and it can look at other images and, and classify them based on, uh, on what you trained, which is a pretty cool thing. Usually you have to go into something like TensorFlow and build a whole model from scratch and then, and then, uh, you know, keep track of all the linear algebra and all the math and, and, uh, and then go and train, train, uh, your model manually by, I mean, you do the same thing by putting in all the images, but usually it's, it's a much more laborious process than, than CreateML makes it. Yeah. I had to set weights and stuff like that too, right? In terms of quality, right? Well, the weights, the weights are, are what are learned. Mm. That's, that's kind of the whole idea behind the, the models is the a neural network is just a whole bunch of nodes that all have different weights associated with them. Uh, and the weights are what picks, starts from your inputs, it picks out all the different features. Uh, and the weights are just kind of the fitting parameters that are used to, to evaluate all your inputs and come up with a final value. So, so the weights are, are, are actually the learned values. And the reason it takes a lot of, a lot of data to train is that, you know, the more complicated model you are, the more weights there are it has to learn. So there can be thousands and thousands of parameters that have to be learned. Right. But cool. CreateML hides all that under the hood. You don't have to worry about any of it. You just drag and drop and, and boom, you get a model. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. And uh, so I did a, I think I went through a tutorial from probably from Ray Runlick folks again on, on building my own model as well. So it was kind of an interesting thing. It took a long time on my iPad Air <laughs> to train it, but still, they give you a well, Oh, you were training on the iPad Air? <laughs> no, the iPad Air on the, on my MacBook Air. Your MacBook Air, MacBook Air, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still, it's a, I mean, it's a 1.72 gigahertz or 1.7 gigahertz processor, but it's not you know, yeah. super duper fast. But well, I mean, you know, doing doing training any any kind of model on a on just a single laptop is is going to take a long time for it. For yeah, any sure. Serious because usually when people create these models, they they do the training on these giant server farms that just can crunch for for days on end. Uh, right. so to just do it on a laptop is you know you're not going to be able to do anything really sophisticated. But but if it's something simple that you want to just put into your own app, it's it's a it's a great thing. Cool. All right. Um, so my picks for this year would be, would be Charles Proxy for iOS. We do a lot of uh, we do a lot of network calls and a lot of um, you know in the apps that I do you know a lot of um, tokens and you know things coming back and forth and mm-hmm. uh, requesting things from servers and getting back responses and being able to debug them is a real challenge in a lot of cases. And uh, so having Charles Proxy on the actual iOS device test that you're testing and you're able to capture the logs right on the device uh, is is you know zero configuration uh, compared to trying to do it on a Mac where you have to proxy through the Mac and depending on your network settings, you may have challenges with doing that. So um, it's pretty generally pretty straightforward. But yeah, but doing it on the, on the iOS device itself is is a godsend, uh, in my opinion. Hmm. How does it work with with sandboxing? I mean, can can the can Charles Proxy uh, capture network data from a different app, different running app? Um, I'm not sh- no. Well, it, it basically it, it basically puts a VNC connection, so it's actually proxying right on the device, right? So mm-hmm. all all the apps that you're using that use network calls will go through your we'll Charles Proxy session, right? Yeah. So okay. whether you're doing public banking or, or you know logging onto onto third party servers or whatever, all those those uh, things are captured in there as well. So then, yes, it, it, it can capture. Yeah, you just have to go in and tell it to use the you know the SSL um, decode, right. decrypting, and it creates it. 
install a certificate to do that right as well so right right yeah my other uh, pick is mini virtual mac for ios which is basically being able to run uh 68k emulation on my uh, on my ipad so i've been able to run like yesterday i was running dark castle and got the christmas tree um uh, easter egg to show up uh, mm-hmm. but basically yeah you can run you can run 68k apps on your on your ipad uh which are really cool i mean I th- I sp- i'm sure there's probably a, a, a virtual mac for uh, for mac os as well but basically install a, a original Mac toolbox into the uh, into the iPad and then you basically run all your old retro stuff, right? I haven't tried the color Mac configuration yet, but uh, mm. it's in there as well. So but, you can uh, run Marathon on your iPad? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yes, you yeah. can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably can. Well, if it ran on... Yeah, it ran on 68K. If it, ran, it could run on a Mac 2. I think Mac 2 is the, the highest emulation they have in there. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I think it did because I can't remember. Oh, wait. Actually, could it run on a Mac 2? It might have been later than no, that. I think so. No, I think so because... Um, I don't think it was PowerPC per se, right? Uh, hmm, good question. I don't know because Dune, Dune came up. Doom came up first, and then and shortly after uh, Marathon started, right? That was for Bungie software. I thought Marathon but, was first, no? I, you know, it, it was first on Mac, but I think Doom Doom came up pretty quickly thereafter on Windows, right? And then it was ported over to Mac. Mm, it always looked uglier, in my opinion. But yeah. what do I know? Um, yeah, I played most of the most of the Marathon things on my Mac. It had that sort of cheesy 3D effect where right, you right. had. Uh, it was almost like cardboard cutouts of of aliens. You know how you, you cut like uh, down the middle, like you know how you make paper Christmas trees back in the day by cutting down, slot down the top and slot from the bottom, and you would slide them together and create like this sort of pseudo 3D. Mm-hmm. The graphics were like that too. But as you walked around, you could see that they actually had there were two flat images mm. stitched together. But yeah, I'm mean, I'm really enjoying running that. The only thing, the only hassle about it is uh, you need to use an actual keyboard. So I have my Bluetooth keyboard out of storage, and I'm using that. So it's it's awkward to use an external keyboard with a with a laptop, with an iPad sitting on your lap, but you know, oh, well, what are you going to mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. But the, but the you know, the, and you use your finger as a mouse, which is kind of neat. So it's a little hard to play Dark Castle because you used to use the keys on the keyboard to navigate the guy around, but you'd use the mouse to, to aim and shoot. Mm. So then the space bar to shoot, I think. So yeah, um, that's kind of cool. I really, I'm really enjoying like you know, getting out my old Mac, my old Mac apps and playing around with them and stuff like that. And, I, and you know, I suppose theoretically, I could open up my old you know other apps that I had on there that, uh, you know, rendering and illustration and stuff like that as well. Anyway, so I do actually have a pick for this episode, even though we weren't really planning on having picks, but have you seen the Home Alone, the Google Home Alone commercial? Uh, I saw it after you posted the link. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so it's Kevin McAllister as an adult yeah. now using Google right. Home and, and doing running through the whole routines of that he ran in the in the, um, in the the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Home Alone, so it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I saw it on, so it came up on, on, um, on the YouTubes or on Twitter a couple of days ago, but uh, I showed a few few people. Did you know that movie, the black and white movie with the the filthy animals? You know the movie that's uh, that's in that he watches in the in the movie. You've seen the movie, right? I have seen the movie, but did yeah, you know that that was not a real movie? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that this just came out today. That even Kevin Mc, even um, Macaulay Culkin didn't know it wasn't wasn't a real movie. Hmm. <laughs> they did it just for the for the movie. Hmm. So yeah, leave keep the change, you filthy animal. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's kind of funny. Just check. We'll have a sh- link in the show notes for that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess that's it for another week, and maybe till the end of the year. I guess <laughs> will it be next year by the time we record. Yeah. This is this, this is, is the last one of the year. Wow. It's the twenty seventh already. 
26th. Yeah. By the way, you know, we are, we passed our second year anniversary on, on uh, Fireside uh, IO. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fireside Good. IO FM? Fireside FM, I think it is. Posting on, on Fireside. So, yeah. Um, cool. All right. So, I guess, uh, Mark, if people want to find you on the intro, where would they look or how can they get in touch with you? Mark R at smapsoft.com. All right. And my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. So, I guess until next year, we'll see you later. Bye. 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 And thus ends another episode of More Than Just Code. This is friend of the show, Katie. And another friend, Jesse. We hope that you enjoy the show as much as we do, including the parts about code. And also the parts about more than code. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode, with links to the items talked about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website. And if you can, please rate a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button. All of these things help others find out about the show, and we really appreciate your help with spreading the word. The show is also on Twitter and Facebook, the Twitter account being MTJC underscore podcast. You can also support the show by pledging any amount on patreon.com slash MTJC. That's what we do. Thanks for listening with us. Let's either have the same amount of fun or more next time. Is that today, Festivus? Nah, there, there is no such thing. Well, I know there's no official <laughs> date of Festivus. That's the whole point of it, right? So yeah. I mentioned that to my son, and, and he says, are we going to do the feats of strength or the uh, something else first? And I can't remember what uh, the other thing was, but I, I must have missed that part of the episode. A metal pole. Uh, um, sorry? A metal pole. There's something to do with a metal pole, gathering oh, around right. the metal pole. Okay, right. And the feats of strength. And the feats of strength, yeah. Was this, uh, was this uh, Kramer and, uh, um, what's his name's father that came up with this? Or? It was George's father. George's father, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he gave up the whole concept. The whole concept. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, you never saw that episode? I, I've, I might. I might have seen it, but I, I've, I've, you know, I've watched Seinfeld a handful of times. I'm not a real aficionado. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. No. I didn't watch it regularly. I watched it, you know, occasionally. So. Yeah, it's worth binging. There's a lot of uh, tropes you know, that have come out of that. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I do. Um, I do watch it when it's on TV. Occasionally, I'll leave it. Leave it on the TV for a bit. And yeah. um, you know, the Tom's Diner where they go and have their their the coffee and stuff like that. My Monks, Monks Diner. Is it Monks? Well, it's actually Monks. Tom's Diner is the actual officially official place in New York. I guess that, that stands in for that place. The, I guess the exterior view. That's where um, they did Susan Vega, I think. Um, the song called Tom's Diner. Anyway, that's the, the track they used to sort of perfect the compression technology and stuff like that. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's an acapella piece. Let me see if I find it. Yeah, Susan Vega. I was right. But it was like, yeah, it was this, it's the, you know, I am sitting in the morning at the diner around the corner. Oh, yeah. You know the song. I know that song. But apparently that's the, the track they used for uh, CD technology. I was listening to Ongoing History of Music on um, by Alan Cross podcast. And uh, right. yeah, he was talking about things that annoy him about um, audio recording. One of them is like auto tune, you know. The other one is the difference between cassette tape, CD, and vinyl and MP3s. In what know. sense? What would in terms of like whether you can tell the difference or not? Engineers say you can't, but um, apparently there's something in the brain that can t- that tells can tell when you're listening to an MP3 because of the gaps in because it has to you know it has to digitize the music and it loses gaps in the in the stream and somehow your brain knows. I don't believe it.
No? Nope. <laughs> have, you, have you read the book, This Is Your Brain on Music? You know, I started it and and kind of got bored. Yeah. It was kind of a dull read. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I had it as an audio book, but yeah, yeah. Same, sort of, same sort of thing. Yeah. Fascinating. I mean, like, so w- one of my clients uh, was, a, was a music professor or music teacher and musician. Yep. And um, so I, I went and saw him once to talk about, you know, maybe learning chord structures or whatever from him. Yep. And, and But on, he had a website that I used to host for him. And um, one of the clips he had on it was was how music actually works like one of the things about it is the the beat of this of the song uh, can affect your heart rate right so sure. yeah um, and what was he saying that what's it uh, I think is it reggae reggae is the best music for dogs to listen to because the the, <laughs> the, the pace is the same as a dog's heartbeat that's why dogs like reggae more than other kinds of music is that right okay well it's interesting so here but here's an interesting thing though I went to I went I, you know of course I wear my Apple watch and it, it monitors my heart and you know have all yeah. the apps set up to look at the heart rate and yeah. i went to see a u2 cover band a couple of months ago yeah and it was interesting because you know like because you know really got into the, it was a, they were redoing recreating zoo tv and and i taped some of it so i know like i mean i video videoed it so i know when they were playing the songs they were playing because i could see on the on the the iphone what time they played the songs at and if i looked at my heart rate during those songs it was up around 140 120 beats per minute like solid for like the good five six minutes that the song lasted right and if you look at it if you go and find the song you know in look at the tempo of the song that was the tempo of the song so i could see that it 140 it, beats per minute did you say yeah that's like, pretty high like, i know <laughs> <laughs> i know it's it's like that's a that's why like the apps were kind of going hey dude slow down whatever yeah, you know yeah, so, yeah, yeah yeah but apparently yeah like i mean that's why they you know they say if you listen to you know, driving like pounding driving music like you know you you tend to drive faster because you're your body starts to move you know, at, a, at a faster rate. Increases the because, clock rate. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It over, overclocks you, right? <laughs> yeah. So, go, so going back to the uh, the differences in the media, uh, I believe that MP3 and CD are are different. Yeah. Because, because an MP3 is is compressed. Right. And you are losing some of the signal, but but uh, but you're also but you're also don't forget you because you're digitizing you 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 have mathematically you have to lose information in between. Right? Yeah, yeah. But but you're so you're talking about in a, in, an, in a CD as opposed to, but, but CDs are also compressed too right because there's compression at the high end and low end right well you have to, to make them the smaller smaller so, size right? well okay hold on hold on you're, I think you're confusing different types of compression there's you can compress the, when you when you talk about recording compression that's that's a that's a, that's a technique to to yeah. you know to sh- to to decrease the the dynamic range basically so you can fit more in mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's different than than math that's different than the compression. No, I know. So it's different than JPEG compression. Or well, it's similar to JPEG compression. It's, right. but, it's not meant to be noticeable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, when you take an audio signal, or really any kind of signal, yeah. uh, then you can, there's a there's kind of a fundamental mathematical theorem that shows up everywhere in engineering and science mm-hmm. uh, called Fourier analysis, mm-hmm. which basically says that any, so the, the simplest way is any periodic signal can be composed into a, a sum of frequencies, some sum of signals of different frequencies at, at har- in harmonics that all add up. If you take enough of them, they'll add up exactly to the original signal. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you can always decompose any signal into a, a series of, of terms. And like I said, if you, if you have, I mean, it, mathematically, if you have an infinite number of them, it'll come back exactly to your original signal. 
signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you have, if it's a periodic signal, which means it has, it repeats over a certain amount of time, then the series that you use, the, the components, is a series of uh, multiples of the primary frequency. Uh, okay. So, so you know, you might have one hertz, two hertz, you know, four hertz, eight hertz, whatever. Uh, so you have some series of those, but but they're discrete in multiples of the original frequency, as long as it's a periodic signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a non-periodic signal, then you can you can do it theoretically with uh, a continuous range of frequencies. So there's not there's no periodic there's no series of multiples of frequencies that right. add up. It's it's a infinitesimally small change in frequencies, and you add them all up. You integrate over them essentially to get mm-hmm. back to the original one. Okay, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so you can so you take this this uh, this signal and you can decompose it into the frequencies that make up the original signal, right? Right. With different amplitudes. Well, here let me let me ask you let me ask you let me back up and simplify this a bit. So so is an is an MP3 storing binary data? Yes. And so 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 is the is the frequency of the the notes or tones being played at a, at a, a fraction of a time is that converted into a digital into an, an, a number basically and then that's stored on the disk and then it's is it like because you know in modems like modems used to use module um, uh, demodulation and modulation right to to change an audio signal into binary right to be able to transmit it is it is it the same well, kind of thing so like where it's being is, is kind of irrelevant no, I, I, I just i mean as a way as a way of turning it into ones and zeros so i could send it over a wire but yeah but I mean, so is, okay is, so what you're actually talking about is called quantization okay so, so what, I'm, what i'm saying though so is it, yeah, does so, an mp3 do that like like a digital audio tape is that also digital audio digital so data forget about an mp3 for a second because an mp3 yeah. is heavily processed think about what's on a cd so what a cd is is a it takes the the analog audio signal and it samples it at 44.1 kilohertz which what sampling means is it measures the value at that point and stores the value at that point now the reason they use 44.1 kilohertz is that there's a there's a fundamental theorem based on the properties of periodic signals that you can represent any signal uh, by adding up the frequencies up to double the highest frequency that's that's in the signal mm-hmm. so say you Say you have a range of frequencies in your original signal that goes from from zero to twenty kilohertz. Mm-hmm. Then theoretically, by sampling at forty kilohertz, you can get every possible signal that's included in there. Oh, I see. Okay, right, right, because yep. anything that's anything that's outside of that band than the yeah. is is it's it's captured by this higher frequency sampling. Yeah. So the reason they use forty four point one kilohertz is that human hearing goes from zero to roughly twenty kilohertz. Hertz. Yeah, yeah. So forty-four point one is overkill over the. 40, so wait, is that human hearing kilohertz. in the in the ocular or in the in the auditory system, or just is that what your ears can hear? That's you, also music. That's you can also feel music, can, right? That's what your ear can pick up. But you can also feel music, like you know, yeah, your but bones. That's low can, frequency, okay, right? That's low frequency. That's covered. Mm. You know, you feel the bass. That's yeah. like under a hundred hertz. Bass right. is very low frequency. Yeah, perfectly course. fine. It's the very very high frequency stuff that ear can't pick up. Mm. Uh, but that's not part of our hearing. That's right. you know that's not part.
part of sound, that's, part of music. That's for dogs and cats. Yeah, yeah. Dogs and cats can, yeah. And, you know, kids kids can hear up to 20 kilohertz, but adults can't, you know. Adults, right, yeah. If they yeah. hear over 10 kilohertz. Yeah. Uh, so, so by sampling at 44.1 kilohertz, you capture everything that's in the range of, of human hearing. So a CD mm-hmm. captures everything that's in the range of human hearing. Mm-hmm. Now, it might be processed, in which right. case it can ruin the sound. Right. For sure. Uh, but it's not anything fundamental to the uh, to the medium of a CD that's hurting the sound. So I, I don't believe the audiophiles who say it's, <laughs> it's no, so, it's well, their imagination, honestly. I know, I know. So, well, or or like I, I saw a, a, t- a video once on a guy who compared. He did like a histogram of the sound from uh, Dark Side of the Moon, like the song Money, mm-hmm. uh, like the first you know thirty seconds or whatever. He did a histogram of that, and then he did a histogram of playing it from it from like a like a CD or playing it from vinyl or playing it from tape and, and showed the different uh, histor- histogram values, right? And of course, it was, you know, lo- more loss on the high-end ed- areas you're talking, but whether or not you could hear that, is a, 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 I agree, that's that's a, a, a good argument because, like, right. it's just, we have the same thing in art. I mean, like, in art, you know, there's there's a, there's a perception of the number of grays you can see, right? And um, I think it's like 16 or 20 grays or what human beings can actually discern between, like, if you look at a patch of gray uh, paint samples, mm-hmm. Um, you can see, you can see, you know, sort of 15, 16 divisions, which is why, you know, when we argue about the bit depth of a monitor or the bit depth of an image, you know, um, unless you're going right down to the pixel level and, you know, editing really close and really fine, or you want to blow something up really big, um, most people can't see the difference between um, right. one and the other. I think coming back to, to, to Alan Cross and the rant on his, his podcast, he was talking about the fact that most people these days listen to music on laptop speakers or earbuds, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, they're not, this. it's not the same kind of uh, audio reproduction as you can get from, you know, a proper set of, you know, 1970 speakers, you know. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the MP3, let's let's take it the, la- the last step with the MP3. Sure. So, okay, we talked about the sampling, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. we sample we sample at a certain rate, that captures all the frequencies, Yeah. no problem. Okay. But because we're converting an audio signal to a digital signal. Right, this is where you, I was going with the loss between potential loss. Okay, well, go ahead. Hold on. <laughs> so, so I'm letting you say your thing. Go ahead. Yeah, you've got a certain amount of of uh, audio signal that has to fit into the entire range of the value that you want to sample it to. Yeah. So say it's say it's uh, 12 bits, right? 12 bits is goes from zero to what is it? 1024. Let's see. Eight bits is 256. Yeah. 10 bits, sorry, 10 bits is 1,024. Uh, 12 bits would be 4,096. Yeah. Anyway, sure, okay. So, so, okay, each bit represents a certain sound level or each set of bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the problem is that sound, your ear perceives sound logarithmically, not linearly. Okay. So, so uh, a per- perception of double the sound in your hearing, double the loudness, mm-hmm. is is actually a, a, a much higher range in the actual sound level than than double it's 10 to the 2 it's 100 times so if it sounds if it sounds twice as loud it's it's 100 times it's actually 100 times more pressure mm-hmm. okay now oh, because okay. of that when you try to linearly sample a sound signal then you're overemphasizing the louder parts you have more bits on the louder parts than the smaller parts right okay so so what they do in mp3s are they they kind of say okay well there's certain areas of sound which are less important Right. So, so they spread the the bits out differently to to account for that, mm-hmm. and so you lose some of the signal because they're artificially sculpting the way that the sound is converted.
converted to a digital signal. Mm, okay. And and parts of this parts parts of the signal that there's not much happening in, they kind of leave out because there's not much going on. And the stuff where there's more happening, they have they cover it more. So you do lose you do lose something when you go to an MP3. Right. And right. that's and that's compression. The reason is the reason they do it is in order to capture the full range, they'd have a lot of data uh, for a lot of stuff where nothing's nothing perceptible. Nothing is happening. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, although there is stuff happening. You just no. I mean nothing perceptible. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or at least consciously perceptible. Right. But but it is there, and you're right. and you are for sure losing that. So that's that's why an MP3. Yeah, it's lossy compared to what's on a regular CD, which is lossless. That's why I like a FLAC recording, which is lossless. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is, FLAC, yeah. is yeah. is pretty high fidelity, but it takes up an enormous amount of data. Right. Enormous right. amount of space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of sort of what this. this, this I posted a link there about the MP3 uh, from from. Um, Wikipedia and there's talking about this thing by uh, Ryan Mo- Ryan McGuire who sort of looked at uh, what in 2015 he released a track blah 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 composed exclusive sounds deleted through MP3 compression mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> in the song Tom's Diner so yeah uh-huh. yeah which comes back to what I was saying earlier about the formation of or the, the standardization of creating MP3 compression right right um, yeah and the reason they cho- it says here the reason they chose that um, that particular track is because it's pretty mono 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 what's the word mono Monotonic? Monophonic. Monophonic. monophonic? Yeah. yeah, here it is here. Earlier it says monophonic nature of at a wide spectral content, so making it easier to hear imperfections in the compression rates during playbacks. So they call Susan Vega the mother of MP3s. Hmm. What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Huh? Wasn't that yesterday? Yeah, well, Christmas, you know, for us, it starts on the 24th in our family, right? But we have, Germ- we have German Christmas as well. Today is the 26th. Yeah, so, well, normally Boxing Day would have been the day I would go to my, my family for Christmas, but we did we did my family yesterday, actually. They don't do Boxing Day in the U.S., <clears throat> You don't have it as a holiday? No, definitely not. Really? Oh, it's a working day for you guys? Yeah, I didn't work today, but it was a working day. Do you have day. Boxing Day sales and stuff? Or? No, no. Boxing Day oh, really? doesn't exist in the U.S. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you didn't know that? Well, I think we took... We probably talked about it every year for the last four years. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't no, know I mean, tr- we know of Boxing Day as kind of a British thing, and I guess a, yeah, I guess a yeah. Canadian thing, too. But yeah. but it's, it is, it doesn't, I mean, it really does not exist in the U.S. So traditionally for us, it's it's kind of like Black Friday, right? Because mm-hmm. um, all the stores, you know, take advantage of, of selling off all the product that, that didn't get sold during the Christmas, you know, sales period, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, they started their Boxing Day sales last week. This Like, you know, they did the same thing with, with Black Friday. They had a week of Black Friday sales before the actual Friday because mm. we don't we don't have the same Thanksgiving as you either right so right but we've adopted Black Friday as a, as a retail vehicle for selling you know increasing profits right but you know what the whole tradition of Boxing Day came from and we'll probably get some Ask MTGC on this for sure but for some people yelling at their phones but as I understand it it was a day when the you know the rich folks would would change or the upper class would would exchange presents and the things they didn't want they would box up and give to you know the downstairs you know the upstairs downstairs you know right uh, did you ever ever watch um what's that um downton abbey never watched it never watched it well it's sort of an upstairs downstairs culture like the people down in the lower levels of the servants yeah yeah Yeah, so uh yeah so the they would box up the things they didn't they didn't really want to keep and they would take them down to the Hmm. the staff right i think i think back in the day too that you know and they used i think boxing day was also a day when we used to return gifts to the retailers here Mm -hmm. but they don't like us to they don't like to do that because there's a flood of returns (laughs) you know after 
Christmas as you can imagine, right? You probably have the same thing in the States. Like there's a, there's a cooling off period where you can't return things. Do your retailers do that? No. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I don't know. Well, so in Boxing Day used to also be a day when the retailers weren't necessarily always open. It was kind of treated like a Sunday kind of thing, right? So, nah. But no. yeah. We don't have any yeah. of that here. Yeah, no, you get like, you know, 30 to 60% off stuff uh, for Boxing Week here in Canada. So, yeah. I guess. I mean, there, there are sales for sure after yeah. after uh, the holidays, but it's not formalized like that. Really? Huh. Interesting. You know, I bought Tunnel Bear when we first started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Really? So, it's so slow. You know what? It's probably because it goes through Toronto. It's pretty good for me. I, I want, yeah. I wonder if uh, my my ISP, which is Comcast, throttles mm. it. It's really possible. Yeah. Mm. They're pretty evil. Well, I use it whenever I don't want to be monitored for whatever reason. Like if I just yeah. don't want, you know, want to go do something or go to like a site that I don't want tracking me or, right. or I don't want my provider to see what I'm doing. Right. So. Right. Right. Which happens. It's almost like, you know, it's getting to the point where you almost want to run it 24-7, right? Yeah, but you can't. It's too slow. Have you tried it? Do you have it on your uh, iOS device? No, I don't. I should try mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, we just had our, our last meetup was at the, the Tunnel Bear office. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh, they're based in Toronto? Yeah, yeah. They're from, they're from Toronto. I think they're, they got purchased by somebody, I thought. Mm. Didn't they get purchased by somebody? I don't know. Let me just have a quick look here. Tunnel Bear. That was Google or somebody bought them. Oh, if Google bought them, then definitely All the bets them. are off? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is 100% contrary to Google's business. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tunnel Bear, here's their Wikipedia page. Get some anonymous stuff from them uh, i don't know i wonder if the anonymous grizzly is is a tunnel bear thing because it even on the tunnel bear website it's grizzly regards from toronto canada <laughs> so maybe if you use tunnel bear and you connect to google it shows up as anonymous grizzly yeah. well you said before that you've noticed a vpn software it tends to be slow for you right yeah it does yeah. yeah i thought they were there was something about them i thought that maybe they went maybe they got a bunch of money or oh they're on by mcafee oh really yeah the guys from um, tennessee right are they they're not are they from Tennessee? Yeah, the, well, the guy who founded um, McAfee is, uh, lives in Tennessee. I think he doesn't own it anymore, though. I thought uh, he he was the crazy guy who was in Belize, huh? Was he? Yeah. Uh, John McAfee, uh, yeah. who resigned the company yeah. in 19... Oh, he resigned in 1994. Wow, long time ago. Yeah. Oh, incorporated in the state of Delaware. Well, that tells you a whole lot, too, doesn't it? No, everybody's corporate, incorporated in Delaware. <laughs> yeah, why? Because it's the easiest state to get incorporated in. Right, and there's no tax... And the taxes are low, I think. That's what I'm saying. That should tell yeah. you something. <laughs> McAfee is owned by Intel. Is it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, wait. I, no, it was spun back out in 2017. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah no, they, they bought Tunnel Bear last year, I think. Tunnel Bear. Yeah, 2018, they bought the McAfee. Developer, developers developed by McAfee. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Where are you reading that? I'm looking at Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm just Googling. I'm Googling whether Comcast throttles Tunnel Bear. <laughs> Or do they do they throttle anybody that's using VPN? Maybe, yeah. Well, that would suck if you were working from home, though, right? Because yeah, it would. Or, no, we use Cisco. I guess it is Cisco. It's funny. There's a if, if you Google how to fix slow Tunnel Bear VPN connections, yeah. don't use you get, Comcast. You get an article from Speedify, which yeah. is apparently a, comp- a competitor. Yeah, they, and they give a couple of hints and then say, or use Speedify. It's much better. Ah, <laughs> uh, right, right, right. It's funny. Like it's funny. I don't know. I changed my bell my bell service a while ago, and and I don't know if this is YouTube doing this or not, but um, whenever I go to YouTube, I get uh, I get performance issues, and like you know, it always plays for like you know thirty seconds, and it goes, oh, 
oh, are you having problems with, you know, your YouTube connection? Try the YouTube Pro. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you not noticed that? Like, YouTube will, will stall for after, like, a first 30 seconds or so? And they uh, try, try and upsell you? Oh, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it does. It'll show an ad in the middle. And then it'll, it'll say, like, you know, and then I get this, uh, I get this, you know, oh, try these, check these other providers in your area. And, and of course, oh, Bell. No, I don't get that. Yeah, and Bell is, is always the number one one. So I don't know if it's a, a, an ad scam or something like that or whatever. Yeah, can't trust anybody. Mm. But I find it annoying that I changed my uh, my Bell, what I'm paying for from Bell, and now, now I'm having, a, you know, these glitches every now and then, which I think is very, very suspect. Mm. You know? Gotta love Sorry, it. I'm just looking at the reviews of Tunnel Bear to see if, uh, if there's any, any... Where are you seeing that from, on Apple Store? No, just, uh, it looks like it's an, it's a website called thebestvpn.com, mm-hmm. which I have no idea if they're biased or not. No idea. Right. They recommend ExpressVPN as the best overall. Mm. For all yeah. I know, these guys are the makers of ExpressVPN, though. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a number of uh, number of VPNs I see every now and then and, and advertise here and there. Yep. Let's see. Why is my bear slow? If your ISP is okay, some ISPs may try to throttle or slow encrypted traffic coming from your network. Really? Yeah, I bet you Comcast does. Mm-hmm. They're pretty evil. Yeah, we're gonna put it past them. Yeah. Although I also use uh, uh, Ghostery Light now. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, instead of Ghostery, yeah. Well, because Ghostery, when Mojave came out, they recommended not not using Ghostery anymore, right? Moving to Ghostery Light. Oh, really? Yeah. The Ghostery actually did that. Really? Yeah. So when I, I was using Ghostery and they told me to switch to Ghostery Light because Ghostery was having issues with Mojave, I guess. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I wondered, because I just, I noticed that my Ghostery's been turned off. I couldn't, I, forgot, I couldn't figure out why. Yeah, that's probably why. Safari extension. That takes me to the App Store when I go to Safari extensions. Right. No, don't look in, under extensions. Look under preferences. Yeah, yeah, there now. yeah, so I've got Ghostery turned off. Mm-hmm. Um, it says this extension will slow down your web browsing. Right. So there's something called Ghostery Light that came out. Mm-hmm. Mojave. And how did you find that to the App Store? Or? I think I got a notice from Ghostery or something saying okay. to use that instead. Let's see, Ghostery Light. Oh, okay, I'll try that one. Actually, I'm, I'm using Duck, Duck, Duck Go though. I mean, that's or oh, is Duck, Duck Go messed up with Mojave too? I think maybe. No, Duck, 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 Duck Go seems to work. Ghostery versus Ghostery Light. Let me make sure I wasn't getting scammed here. <laughs> yeah, it's from Ghostery. It shows on the yeah, the it's on Ghostery. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one blocker and block tracking and yeah, because I think I think the Duck, Duck Go extension also does. Let's just check it here. Oh. Our extension now only includes DuckDuckGo private search due to changes in Safari 12. This extension no longer includes a tracker blocker. This is DuckDuckGo. Let's see what they say. So it says Safari is moving to a new model browser extensions that offers users greater security and performance. We hope we hope to eventually be able to add back to DuckDuckGo privacy essentials. That was one of our picks a couple weeks ago. Huh. Hmm. That's new. So I guess it's a good thing I'm installing the light version here. Let go. Open. Enable Ghost Relight. All right. Turn that on. Turn this off. And we've got Ghost Relight UI. Oh, I guess it puts a little ghost up here. Cool. Well, that's installed. What it does. Hmm. Are you using custom pre- protection or just default protection? I just use default. Right. I'm glad I'm protected now again. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I haven't updated Carol's computer yet, so interesting. Learn something new every day. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.